What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The content of this program is meant for educational purposes only because knowledge is power. However, the controversial subject matter discussed may not necessarily reflect the views of this station, its management, staff, or its advertisers. Change only happens when we, the people, become part of the solution. That's why more and more patriotic Americans are tuning in to the Power Hour. Now, here's your host, Dave Krieger. And a pleasant good morning. It's 8 a.m. Central Time. The Power Mall is now open. If those of you want to either visit the website at thepowermall.com or call 877-817-9829, love to have you on board because that's what keeps us going. That's what will keep us going in the next year. You know, you can donate or you can just shop at the Power Mall. And the more you shop, the longer we stay on the air. Uh, we're trying to make it into 2024, folks, and so we appreciate it. But that's why we're going to give you that Vitamir toothpaste uh, free uh, when you donate minimum 25 bucks or more. We'll ship it to you for free, too. Um, there's some interesting stuff going on in America. One of the biggest schemes, I think, that's actually beating out prostitution in numbers now is child sex trafficking. And we have a gentleman on right now who is a former congressional candidate for the 17th Congressional District in Texas. He is a disabled U.S. Army and Marine veteran. Former congressional candidate Jason Nelson joins us here on the live stream. For those of you watching us on thepowerhour.com and click the live stream event. You can listen or you can watch. One of the two depends if you have internet or not. This handsome looking guy is sitting right there in the camera in front of me. And Jason, welcome to the show, sir. Dave, thank you so much for having me on board. I got to tell you, I've been looking forward to this. Thank you. Yeah, well, thank you for your service. We really appreciate that. I mean, you, I don't know how many tours you were on, but uh, obviously, if you're disabled, you were you really served your country. Uh, I got 20 years in, eight years in the Marine Corps, 12 years in Army Special Operations, and I'm 100 percent combat disabled. But the good news is uh, the parts that need to work when they have to still do. I love that. That's good. I'm glad. Um, and I hope that they took care of you after this was all over, too, because we hear so many horror stories about stuff like this that is disturbing, especially to our vets being kicked out of places to make room for illegal immigrants. I mean, this is one of the reasons why we served, right? It is. And Dave, I'm, you know what? I wasn't going to go off on that sidetrack, but I'll tell you, I made a commitment when I ran for Congress, right, when I retired last January, that I would stick to the VA healthcare system uh, as 100 percent combat disabled with more wrong with me than I can imagine. Uh, and I waited uh, two years without any treatment. So I eventually took hold of my own treatment and went and uh, and got my hip replaced just five weeks ago. Uh, but the VA has been an utter failure. It is a, it is it's obscene what our our veterans are treated like. It seems like the Veterans Administration was uh, designed to give veterans one last chance to give their life for their country. Wow, that's sad. I, and just you're not the first person I've heard it from, which is why I brought it up. Because I wanted your take on it, and now we have it. There so, you, go. Uh, you know, at least you were trying to do the right thing, and that's good. And I'm glad that you got the help you needed uh, late in the game. Better better late than never, I guess. Uh, now, here's the thing. The way the story goes, because I've been promoting this uh, in the last hour about you disrupting a sex trafficking operation, and you had to use lethal force in the process, which a grand jury found you acted in self-defense and exonerated you from any wrongdoing. I'm going to let you tell the story, if you would. 
Correct. Self-defense and, and the defense of others. So, um, uh, yeah, Dave, uh, cr- crazy situations so of about uh, three and a half months ago, maybe four months ago now in July. My wife and I late July had a chance to uh, take a date night. You know, we have four small children. And if you've been married long enough, you know what a date night means. It means you find a local hotel, you get your wife dinner, you let her stay in a bathtub and then sleep in a bed without children crawling all over her. So that's what we did. We went and stayed in a boutique hotel called the Indigo down here in uh, Waco. And uh, had dinner in the lobby, went upstairs and went to bed in our room after a movie. And um, and we thought that was, you know, our one night away from our kids. And we got that. But uh, at three o'clock in the morning, uh, that all changed. Uh, we woke to the sound of, of screams. It sounded like a child or a woman uh, screaming uh, violently. It sounded like, quite frankly, a medical or a, or a fire emergency. My wife and I both shot up from bed. And I, of course, uh, jumped out of bed, got my pants on and went to the door. Uh, of the suite thinking, um, you know, I've got to go out and, and, and help. And I opened the door and, and it was not a fire or a medical emergency that I walked out into. Uh, instead, I walked out into a woman screaming into a phone, which at the time I thought was 911, and the uh, glass all over the floor. And so I uh, immediately recognized this was not that kind of situation, uh, a fire or medical. So I went and retreated to my room and, and drew my firearm and then moved back out into the hallway. I asked my wife to call 911. She laid and told her to go lay down in the bathtub, uh, and I went out to assess the situation. Uh, what I found – Lay down in the bathtub. See, that's what special ops would do is take cover first and then go engage. I, I love it. All right, so, now I'm sitting on the edge of my seat here on this one. So now you're out in the hall with a weapon. Go on. Yeah, and I'm not laughing at that, but I'm laughing at the idea that, yes, you're right. I mean, this is like pre, uh, prearranged almost. So I go out into the hallway, and the woman who's out there literally tells me, he you know, points to the door and says, shoot down the door. Or he's going to kill those women. Uh, I, I don't know how many movies people have seen, but you don't shoot through doors. As a matter of fact, even pulling a firearm out is the same as punching someone in the face. So at this point, I have to assess everything. There's no hotel security. Uh, I don't know when the police are inbound, which is, of course, a danger to any good guy with a gun. And all I know is, is that I've moved to that door and I can hear a man smashing furniture uh, and women screaming out in pain and him yelling that he's going to harm them. So I um, being the only person out in the hallway and no one ever did come out. And hotel security never did come up because there was none. I, uh, I I I banged on the door and moved across into a tactical position that would allow me access to see the inside the room and also to be able to defend myself. And he opened the door and it turns out as a 331 pound, six foot one got monster behemoth of a man shirtless. And he starts screaming something at me, but I'm just trying to peek around him and see uh, who's inside the room because he didn't have a weapon in his hands, which was my initial um, assessment. But I did see two women inside the room cowering, uh, obviously in uh, a dress and abuse and then he slammed the door, shaking the whole hallway. And I kind of, quite frankly, froze for a second. I didn't know exactly what I needed to do right then. I had reassessment, so I retreated to the elevator. No police. Um, kept calling out into the hallway for anyone to come and assist. No help. So I went back to the door and could hear the man uh, screaming again that he was going to harm him. I, I slapped on the door, moved back across the hallway. He opens it again. Uh, This time he tells me I'm going to have to shoot him. And, of course, I've never even pointed the weapon at him, um, but I'm just calmly telling the man, sir, I have a weapon. I'm telling you to please leave. Police are en route. And uh, he just slams the door, and I hear him at that point tell the women that this is it. Um, And, uh, you know, I just at that point I'm just begging that the police will show up. uh, And, and again, I'm calling out the hallway. I do another quick assessment of the uh, area. And I moved back into position. Right at that time, he opened the door on his own. And when he did, he sort of um, <clears throat> stumbled, lurched out into the hallway. And as I'm facing him, he would want to turn right or to my left to go down towards the elevator. And that's all I'm praying he would do. And he did. He, he turned. And I thought, OK, this is uh, we've de-escalated this. I'll move inside the room, secure the room, and, and we'll wait for police. And I made a tactical error. I uh, followed him with my eyes and not with my weapon. Um, and he took that brief millisecond and lunged out, grabbed me by the neck, picked me up, slammed me into a wall, fracturing my spine, and uh, and grabbed my weapon. So he's holding me by the neck and grabbing my weapon. And at that point, I know I had no choice because, again, I'm, I'm 100% combat disabled. I didn't have my cane with me. I had no way to really move that quickly. Uh, and so I uh, – I pushed up in and discharged around uh, for my own safety and, and, and defense, and he grabbed the weapon. 
and uh, let go of my neck and grabbed the weapon. I, sorry, he already had the weapon. Let go of my neck and grabbed it with the other hand. At that point, I realized I was about to lose. Um, I thought I'd missed him. And here I am wrestling with a man that outweighed me two to one. Uh, I, I used to be a much bigger man, but now I'm not. And uh, I'm wrestling with him over a firearm. It's a, a, a Springfield XD, so it's double safety. So I'm covering the trigger and trying to just maintain control of the muzzle and eject the magazine. And I can't do that. And he's gaining control of the weapon. And at that point, I figured I'm going to have to release with my left hand and start doing soft tissue strikes to the face in the hope that I might get the weapon back. And we sort of pivot. And right at that moment when we pivoted, I saw blood stain on the wall and I realized I'd hit him. And it's almost like that realization that I had hit him because he made no noise and was fighting me as hard as any man has ever fought me. And I've unfortunately fought a lot of men. And and he turned. And when when I saw that blood stain, it's almost like the life started to flow out of him and he started sinking to the ground. I regained control of the firearm. As soon as he was to the ground, I searched him, made real quick sure that he had no other weapon, did a quick search of the room to make sure there was no other danger present, disassembled the weapon, ejected the spent round, put it inside of the elevator for the police, and then called out to my wife for towels so I could start to render aid to this man. And finally, at that point, my screaming had brought a few people to the door who were finally willing to act. One man came out and helped me render aid. Another man – these women tried to run away, uh, so another man went and followed them so that the police would know that they were uh, – which is not exactly normal behavior, but I um, – you know, a traumatic event. I'm, I'm not sure what those were women were thinking at that moment in the moment. Uh, I was able to make a 911 call, do what I would call an equivalent of nine line and try to walk this man through uh, saving his life. The police showed up. Uh, rifle at my back, hands in the air. You know, I was putting police cuffs. Um, can't even move my left shoulder, so that was uh, rough. And then, even worse, they uh, went into my, uh, my hotel room with a ballistic shield and pointed a rifle in my wife's face to put cuffs on her. And again, the police were very restrained. I'm so proud of the Waco PD and how they uh, approached that situation. They obviously listened to the dispatch very carefully, but still, they cleared the situation and tried to save this man's life. And um, put us in police cruisers and uh as we found out a couple hours later the man didn't make it um but then we started to find out over the next couple of weeks that there was a lot more to this story than just that um insane evening that's incredible so you know it makes me wonder too uh when you observed these women in the room did you think for you know one minute that they were being sex trafficked you know <clears throat> At the moment when the first woman was making the phone call and I found out later on she wasn't calling 911, that was my first trigger right away. And, of course, I, when you're sitting in the police cruise, you're going through a number of things. The no for very first thing for me was the moral justification was I did I do everything I could to deescalate that situation. I knew that whether I had killed him or not because I didn't know at the time I'd caused grievous harm to another human and that it doesn't it still matters to me. Uh, it's not downrange. We're not in combat. I don't you know, you don't want to do that. Um, so I started morally and then I went through my legal. Did I do everything that I felt that I tactically do everything that I felt? Um, you know, I, I really chastised myself over my one mistake. But of course, my mind began to wonder why. Why was this woman not calling 911? And why were there three women in this hotel room at three in the morning? And, you know, our research uh, through our lawyer found out there was, again, these women were not from the area. They were being moved up from Houston, and they were being moved up for Houston for different expectations. So did uh, anyone determine that these were illegal immigrants that were being sex trafficked? You know, um, I, I would be at fault if I just said based on language. I'll say this, that two of the witnesses have been um, nearly impossible. Well, they're impossible for our lawyers to find right now. We've been searching very hard for months. Uh, we're doing our best to regain control. You know, the thing about this, Dave, is that a lot of people very they don't see that very short string that attaches from the southern border to sex trafficking in small towns. And, you know, there's that country song that says not in a small town. Um, folks, it's in your small town. It's in every single small town, and it starts in major urban areas where they farm them out. But how did they get to those major, major urban areas? Sexual slavery. They were coming across the border, or uh, they're addicted to drugs that came across the border. And these women, because there is no victimless crime in prostitution, these women are being sexually trafficked uh, through slavery. And and, and there, that short line can be seen, and we can see it through just the disappearance of the witnesses, uh, that 
These are cartels that run these organizations, and they have webs that stretch through. I mean, Waco is not a large town. And right now, even as you and I speak right here at 8 o'clock in the morning, Dave, I guarantee in all 50 states right now at this very moment, there's money being exchanged for sexual slavery. No doubt. that That's very believable. Um, we've had a number of people on talking about this, but uh, none of them have had to actually go through what you did. The thing that surprises me, though, is that, and, and folks, you need to understand something, uh, they put Jason Nelson through the, the ringer, through the motions. They Did you have to actually testify to the grand jury for them to clear you? No, my lawyer testified for me. Um, I Again, the we were happy that it went through the grand jury process in the sense that it prevents me from in the future becoming a political target, uh, you know, for my own views, for them to bring up these charges. But I, I was a bit surprised that it wasn't just dismissed uh, right offhand. Uh, our, the 911 calls, all of the witness statements, every single thing backed up 100 percent what I did and the outcome of what happened. But it went through the process. So, again, in a way, it was positive in, in the outcome that we were able to get sort of a, what they call a no bill. But on the end that it was even brought to that uh, in Texas was was a little bit surprising. It was nerve wracking for us. Three months of me wondering whether or not my four children, ages seven and under, were going to have their father here for them. That makes all the sense in the world. Now, another question that comes to mind, are you a USCCA member? Uh, unfortunately, I am not, and and there's many reasons for that, but that mostly has to do with laziness, and and that's a bad mistake on my part. Yeah, because I mean the elite, the attorney would have been paid for, so this has had to have cost you, um, because the USCCA provides attorney insurance for things just like this, and see Texas does not have a duty to retreat in place. They've taken that out. Arkansas has removed their duty to retreat. Which means now, you know, avoiding a situation first is one thing, but you were doing this in defense of others, and the grand jury finally realized it. But I am shocked, being Texas the way it is, that you get some redneck prosecutor trying to make a name for himself, and here's this guy, you know. I mean, this is all the wrong reasons. You would think the cops would have figured this out, and understanding the fact, I mean, did you inform them when they came and pointed a gun at you that you were disabled? and that there was an issue, you don't have your cane. I mean, what what warning did you give them? Because they're telling you on the ground, hands behind your back. I mean, it's like, come on, guys, you know, I'm I'm not, I'm hurt, and I'm a veteran, and I'm, you know, the first thing is you're trying to defend yourself, and you're trying to tell these people, and one of the things that USCCA advises people is don't talk to the cops. Get your attorney involved quickly. Um, how the situation play out on the on site? Uh, you know, I I I did speak to the police, which is highly do not do that. So do not. Um, uh, it, the reason I was a cooperative witness and the reason I immediately gave my statement uh, might have been partially shock. Um, but it also is the fact that I uh, you and I come from a similar background, Dave. An after action report is just natural. It's natural that you want to immediately start to break down every detail. You know that details matter. Uh, you know that you need them in order to be able to uh, analyze it later, uh, look at future actions. So I, I think that I slipped into sort of an AAR mode, and that wasn't probably the uh, that was a, a bad mistake. Now I say that. Um, I am an extreme. I, I believe that most people try to be as honest as possible. I, I'm, I'm honest whenever possible. I, I don't even have to say that. I don't lie. But that said, it isn't about lying when you're in those positions because oftentimes your own statements, which you might think are innocuous or are just at the time uh, a, a choice of language, uh, those things can come back to bite you. Those things can come back to prosecute you if you're not careful. You know, your choice of words are very important. Um, and and of course they have to be honest. But uh, let's give an example. Um, I if had I pointed that weapon at him prior to him ever doing anything. So if I had just directed it and pointed it at his chest, at that point I've committed assault. So I've assaulted mm -hmm. him first. Now that said, again, there's various circumstances surrounding that where we could say I was in defense of others, but. My decision not to, to remain tactical and remain at the low ready uh, is, is, is a drastic difference between escalating and de-escalating a situation in the police's eyes. So what if you had phrased that wrong? And then all of a sudden you find yourself correcting your statement and the police go, hmm, this seems inconsistent. So, uh, you know, 
those things are very important, and I don't think any – and without a lawyer present, uh, it's very hard for people to sit here and think about, well, why am I saying this or what, what exactly – how should I phrase this? And again, I treated it like an AAR, and, and again, I had an overwhelming amount of evidence on my side, but uh, I will agree with you that it was absolutely a, a ridiculously stupid mistake for me to have opened my mouth, no matter how kind and courteous and professional the police were. Right. You know, and see, the thing is, is that with um, with USCCA, I mean, they have specific instructions that you're supposed to follow. Um, and then that's one of the things that, you know, when when we talk about stuff like this, uh, they they always tell you uh, specifically call when you call 911, you know, the best thing to do is have your attorney present when they come to make the arrest, because you have to assume automatically that in any instance they're going to arrest you. Now, if it was Polk County, Florida, and Grady Judd was the sheriff, and they responded to this, they would have said, "Nope, self-defense, no problem. Have a nice day." They would be they would be treating this situation like, "Look, there's a lot of sex trafficking going on in Florida, but in Waco, Texas, in a boutique hotel, I mean, good night." Um, and then you've got Waco. I mean, this is McLennan County now. Uh, folks, you need to understand that the McLennan County Sheriff, when David Koresh was wandering the countryside, the McLennan County Sheriff, they knew Koresh and they knew where he was. The, he was out grocery shopping. Oh, no, they had to hit the co-towed to the feds, let him in here. And now we all know what happened back in April 19th of 1993. We were all watching this. Um, and so, you know, you got to expect better from law enforcement, given what happened back then versus what's going on now. Do you think things have changed, Jason, at all? You know, I, so my experiences with law enforcement, like most people, tend to be on the side of, of not interacting with law enforcement other than dropping off Christmas cookies or something of that nature. But right. unfortunately, as a, as a more public figure, you know, we've had numerous uh, uh, attempts to break into our home, uh, which is not a home that's located in an urban area. So uh, we've been the target of doxing and other things of that nature and and and. I've uh, those interactions have always been very different than obviously what I went through uh, in July. And um, I <clears throat> I will say that, again, the restraint shown by the police was there. Um, uh, but in their reports, it was very interesting to read that uh, every single officer annotated my my inability to walk correctly and my damage to my shoulder and other such things like every single officer literally wrote it in their report that they were visually watching that I was disabled and and that was very and they were and they you know they I, I don't want to condemn the they were the the police in Waco that responded to that incident were amazing. That said, I see your point and I absolutely agree that this is I was a lucky lucky person. I'm a blessed person who is in a place where uh, I'm allowed to defend myself. I'm allowed to defend others, and I had an overwhelming abundance of of evidence that uh, supported my uh, my claims, my statements, and my actions. Uh, the majority of Americans who are involved in situations like this are not going to have that. They are not. And these split second decisions that you have to make. Um, when you make them, oftentimes it's very hard for you to analyze the justification, and that's why you should have a lawyer. And see, that's one of the reasons why when I was talking to my buddy down in Texas, who's a uh, police a peace officer, told me, he said, they have to be coming at you in a furtive and aggressive manner. And I use the word furtive and people are saying, huh? No, furtive, F-U-R-T-I-V-E. That means they're coming at you with the intent and you can see it and you can feel it and you absorb it that this guy is going to hurt me and I have to do something to defend myself, especially in a situation where you're disabled. And, uh, you know, understandably, at, at some point during the early part of the conversation, they became very much aware you were a disabled veteran. Yes, sir. And, you know, I had a feeling of that you were going to let them know that and know in certain terms. It's um, I think well, I think they would have known by my 911 call because I, I don't think they've ever received a nine line uh, on a 911 call before. But that said, uh, you know, the thing is, is that. We're required and we're compulsed. One of, the, one of the things that has stood out to me, aside from the fact that this hotel charges $600 a night for a room and, and has had multiple shootings and violent rapes oh. in the last couple of years and yet doesn't have a security uh, guard, they have a bar in the lobby. They don't have a security guard, and they're not – they removed themselves from the Safe Streets programs and took their cameras out of their hotel hallways. So it's very hard in, you know, in situations where you sit here and you look, life is not – 
life is not simple. And um, when situations like that happen, you go, what, what am I going to do? But the biggest shocker for me was what everyone else didn't do. Dave, I, I, I'm used to working with a fire team. I'm used to working with three other individuals, you, you, whether it's a breach situation, clearing a hallway, anything. And I was alone. And I was alone until it was over. And having read all the witness statements, I can tell you that there were more than enough men in that hallway that if they had come out, I could have put the firearm away and we could have detained that gentleman or uh, deterred him from any further action just by just sheer numbers. And the lack of men who responded, the sheer cowardice, the sheer cowardice of men today is shocking and sad. And it makes me really worried for our country. A lot of this has to do with what they've been doing the last many years to isolate us, lock us down, turn us against each other, and make us noncommittal. That's the bigger problem. You don't want to come in defense of your fellow man. I mean, even the Word of God says, you know, the greatest thing you can do is lay your life down for your friend. But what about a total stranger that obviously is in trouble? You know, I mean, this is the sort of thing that, you know, I've been trying to impress on all of our folks is that, look, at some point in time, this very situation could confront you. And how are you going to react? Are you going to run and hide? This is why, you know, some of these states have removed the duty to retreat clause because they understand you may not ever have a chance to get away. And a lot of these people out there, I mean, you want to put a gun free zone sign in front of your house. I mean, see, this is what it's all about, folks. Yeah. That's why we, I told you the story about the peace officer that told the woman in Houston, somebody tried to pry in your door. Yeah, they stole your catalytic converter, but your car is an extension of your property. And the next time, shoot him in the head, not the arm, not the leg, shoot him in the head. They don't want to mess with it. They Justice will be served. You know, this is a thing about the mentality of the cops and how they respond to these situations. I know you have a take on that, and I appreciate everything you just said about the fact that you work with a fire team. You have somebody there to, to lay down cover fire while you move to the next position and you advance on a target. I get all that. But see, the thing is, is one of these home situations that I've been warning people about. This was almost like a home situation, except you were in a hotel. And what bothers me is when they take the security cameras out, there's nothing to back up your story, only then ballistics and logistic evidence. You know, and you talk about in your uh, the difference between being in your home and not, Dave. If, if I um, woke up, and, and by the way, if they can get through my dog, um, then then they're already a, a worthwhile target. But if if mm -hmm. somebody comes into my home and I see a silhouette um, that we already have at our home, we already have retreat points, we already have procedures in place to do head counts to make sure I'm not going to accidentally fire on somebody. But I'm going to put it in result. I see a target in my home. Um, they're down. It's not a question. There's no halt. There's no nothing. You're not supposed to be in my home. Do that, period. So you violate now. But it doesn't, as you pointed out, that doesn't extend fully. We don't. I don't have a duty to retreat. And in that situation in the hallway, I did everything I could to de-escalate that situation. And I don't I, – I, I am I, – I say this with true humility. I'm, I'm genuinely proud of – the part of me that went on automatic pilot and did all the right things because that's 20 years of training and not everybody has that that restraint to know when and where uh but you know when somebody has their hands around your neck and are grabbing the weapon that's obviously the time to to use it but that said i didn't have to wait that long uh and there were many instances in which i could have fired and, and i would have been validated but it's such a, a gray area and it's insane to me that we've reached a point where we just these are people you know let me say this differently. Dave, we're all going to die. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It's a fact. 
I'm going to die one day and I hate that I'm going to leave my children one day and my wife and I know I'll see them again in heaven. But if I'm going to die, it's going to be I'm going to die saving other people. I'm not going to die a coward hiding in a corner waiting for someone to come after me because there is there's just I'm not going to be that guy. I refuse to be a person who allows other, especially women and children. Uh, allows other people to be harmed, to stand there with a the phone and film it, to uh, hide oh, in my yeah. room. Uh, what I see nowadays, and you know that poor kid in New York City, the Marine who got arrested for getting involved. We have to get involved, Dave. We have to. We do. I appreciate that. Jason Nelson, man, what a story. Congratulations on the fact you survived it. And, uh, I mean, it's been a blessing. I'm glad you were on the ship today because, man, there are so many things to talk about as far as the opportunity to defend uh, and sometimes it's there whether you like it or not. And you went through it and survived, and I appreciate you. God bless you for the work you're doing and for the example you've shown to others on this show. I appreciate God it. You. God bless you. God bless Thank you. Thank you much. We'll be me. back after the break. Fred Dushevsky joins us later. We'll be right back. Stay with us. ...by a board-certified MD ophthalmologist, Dr. Robert Abel. Why you need vitamins for your eyesight? There is a direct and proven physiological connection between the nutrients we put into our body and the quality of our eyesight. Some vitamins for eyesight can be absorbed from the food we eat, but other vital nutrients cannot, especially if you're not eating a daily, nutritionally balanced diet. Additional supplements are essential for optimal eye health, as well as your overall physical health. With 23 vitamins and nutrients, such as N-acetylcysteine, which is important for removing toxic substances from the liver, this, the most complete clinical strength eye and total body multivitamin available in one supplement. Call the Power Mall at 877-817-9829 or order online at thepowermall.com. Come to the Power Mall today and purchase Mediterranean black seed oil from North American Urban Spice, exclusively from the genetic source and never standardized. Cold pressed, it's so good it supports cardiovascular, respiratory, immune, digestive, neurologic health, and so much more. Said to be good for everything but death itself, come find the best prices on black seed capsules or 8 ounce varieties when you visit thepowermall.com or call 877-817-9829 to purchase. It's Joyce Riley with the Power Hour. There's something really fun and exciting about discovering products that make life more pleasant and enjoyable. Well, Miracle 2 soaps definitely fit that description. The shelves at the supermarket are packed with soaps and cleansers that are full of chemicals that slowly destroy our health and the environment. Miracle 2 products are all natural, like the green soap that can replace your bath, laundry, household soaps, and cleaning products. And please try Miracle 2's Skin Lotion. It's quickly absorbed and not greasy like all those other mass-produced lotions. Miracle 2 Moisturizer is full of fabulous oils and emollients that leave the skin healthy and baby soft. I guarantee after you discover how amazing Miracle 2 products are, you'll recommend them to everyone you know. Just call 877-817-9829. That's 877-817-9829. Or visit thepowermall.com. You'll learn why so many people say it's not just soap, it's a miracle. Boost your immune system naturally this year with oil of oregano, a potent germ killer. This is the true wild oregano oil P73, a blend of edible spices of wild oregano grown on natural mineral-rich soils. Research published in the International Journal of Food Microbiology found that oil of oregano is an excellent germicide capable of killing a wide range of fungi and bacteria. Get it today by visiting thepowermall.com or calling 877-817-9829. Hi everyone, this is Catherine, producer of the Power Hour. Not very many of you know that I suffer from an autoimmune disease, and one product that I depend on daily is Global Healing Center's organic plant-based selenium. Selenium is essential for optimal endocrine and immune function, and for moderating the inflammatory response. Not only that, but this essential trace mineral plays a vital role in promoting a healthy thyroid, maintaining cardiovascular health, and supporting metabolism. This expertly crafted supplement is extracted from the mustard seed plant. It is vegan friendly and high bioavailable, ensuring optimal absorption of this powerful antioxidant. So whether or not you're dealing with an autoimmune disorder like me, or you simply want to boost your immune function, I recommend you try Global Healing Center Selenium from The Power Mall. It's available by going to thepowermall.com or by calling 877-817-9829. 
That's 877-817-9829. Many Americans are growing increasingly concerned about the rapidly growing U.S. government deficits. Recognizing the additional printing of paper money devalues U.S. currency. To compensate, American gold and silver coins will provide wealth protection. U.S. coin capital provides physical gold and silver coins delivered directly to our clients. You can reach us at 1-800-878-2646, uscoincapital.com. Here on the Power Hour, 33 minutes after the hour of 8 a.m. Central Time. In our last segment, Fred Dushevsky again joins us. I always love talking to this guy because we don't, we never get enough time. One To me, it's like I could spend two hours talking to Fred about stuff. Um, this latest report out, Fred, uh, before we get anywhere um, with the conversation, Harry Dent. Do you know the name? Sure. The dent, the dent method. He has said that 2024, we are going to suffer the worst financial shock in this country's history based on all of his studies and research. And I, at that point in time in the discussion, encouraged people that they might want to give you a phone call and talk about starting to get in, in line and all the useless junk they don't need. Sell it and get stuff you do need, uh, especially yeah. you want to stock up on gold and silver. Uh, I don't know if you read that story by Harry Dent, but he's seriously saying we're never going to see this bubble again. But because of the fact that we're in like $27 trillion in the hole, uh, that this whole thing is going to explode. And he's predicted next year it's going to happen. Have you heard anything like it? And what's your take on it? Yeah, I've heard a lot of things like this. Um, You know, unfortunately, there's a a line of people that are kind of piling up here taking this basic uh, position. And I think it's problematic because... Uh, as I've said before, unfortunately, a lot of what we deal with these days is based on the faith and the public's kind of conception for what they believe more than the fundamentals. Um, there's an awful lot happening in tw- that's going to come up in 2024. We have an awful lot of debt situations that we have to deal with. We, you know, we pushed back on debt problems this year. We passed that continued resolution in order to get past the government default. But, you know, that came with costs and it came with um, particular uh, parameters. For example, they said that they would only actually allow this to go through and continue to fund government if there were reductions in spending. And that requires an agreement. And if they don't get that, we're back to where we stood. The debt is piling up so quickly that a lot of people are considering the possibility of what they call a debt bomb, where the interest payments start going up so much on the debt that becomes almost fundamentally impossible for the government to sell enough bonds to raise the revenue they need just to pay the interest, which requires them then to sell more government bonds to cover any shortfalls, and it begins a spiral, and it ends up you know, ending up with a complete implosion of the entire system. Now, I hope that the powers that be are smart enough not to let something like this happen, and I would certainly recommend for anybody who has that concern don't wait till after it happens to start trying to adjust to put yourself in a position where you're protected. It's kind of like, you know, calling a fire insurance agent after your home is in, in a blaze and asking him to provide you with some fire insurance. It's a little late at that point to start trying to protect your wealth. I would certainly, whether you buy the premise or not completely, not wait, but make sure that you have your fire protection, quote unquote, in the form of gold and silver way before any of these economic issues do surface. See, those are the things that I look at and I've been talking to people about, and we're not trying to instill fear, but folks, come on, Let, let's take a common sense approach to this. Leadership by example, you shall know them by their fruits. Now, we, we've talked about this before. If your government is out setting this kind of example and they're spending money like a drunken sailor in a strip club, all of this stuff, it doesn't matter what the compromises are. We know it's all the politics is swirling like a toilet that's about to flush. <laughs> and, and this is a big problem because people are looking at this and going, hey, they're doing it. What, what me worry? Put on the Alfred E. Newman Mad Magazine face here. Um, the, the bigger problem we have is that this leadership, by example, is driving consumer spending. And whether I, I'm not sure because people are, you know, there's a lot of people that have dismissed this conversation we're having right here, Fred, as as some sort of a Y2K joke. Sure. And and I'm like, I'm like, wait a minute though, you're looking at all the warning signs of what happens when a bubble gets created and it's about to burst. 
and we're the, like the prophets in this whole thing, looking at the economic system and the values and the algorithms and everything that leads up to these crashes like Harry Dent does, puts all this stuff down on paper and says, look, here's the way it is, and I'm going to the media with it. You can call me a nutbag, but hey, when it happens, like you said, with the fire insurance, don't come calling on me and crying on my shoulder. I warned you. It's a so, little late in the game, you know. So I, yeah. I hope that people are not following the example of the federal government as a way to live their life. I mean, my goodness, um, you know, most most economists um, and most business people have said as an accounting process, if you looked at the way the federal government operates, if you ran your private business that way, you would be in jail for fraud. There is no question they do things that within the corporate world will be deemed illegal. You know, the manipulation of the way that they handle things is certainly not something that I think the public should be following as a lead for how to run their lives. That would be horrible as a way of doing that. Uh, I can't see anything worse than following that as your platform for your guideline for your life. Now, having said that, I also think that there's a, you know, there's a difference between the idea of a conspiracy theory going off the rails and, you know, people talking about the end of the world and trying to scare people and the reality that we are dealing with things that are true and real. You know, whether you want to call it whatever you want to call it, we have fundamental issues that are certainly true. And no one's disputing them. And that's the funny part about this. No one's arguing the facts. The facts are the government is 33.6, 33.7 trillion in debt. The fact is we are paying over a trillion dollars in interest payments on the debt. The fact is the government is deficit spending at record levels every year, and the rate at which they're spending money is accelerating. So this problem, however people believe it will play out, is certainly getting far worse. And interestingly, in 2023, the public, for one of the first times since the 1980s, experienced this in real-term inflation that was so obvious no one could ignore it. It became the fundamental question of why are prices going up at the supermarket week after week after week? We talked about my $25 bottle of olive oil. You know, people are seeing this firsthand. I'm a little worried that in 2024, we're going to go back to this manipulation of the Federal Reserve using its balance sheet and the government using manipulating tools to hide what they're doing. It may not be as obvious to people. But people need to keep in mind that the U.S. economy runs on a paper system. And this paper system doesn't have backing to it. So it means the value that people have in their money is subject to really one thing, how much of this money exists. That's what determines its value, its power as you and I experience it. So if they're going to inflate the crap out of money because they can't control their spending habits, then we're all going to be subject to this devaluation whether or not you want to call it a conspiracy theory, whether or not you want to you know, look at it as a, an end-of-the-world problem or simply a fundamental issue that exists, things we have to deal with. You know, it's just no like, like protection on your home. You have that fire insurance. And it's not because you know, you're out there anticipating that your house is going to be on fire when you come home from work today. It's just that when you have an asset that valuable, it requires some minimal protection. You know, people do this. Your your previous guest was talking about his self-preservation, protection with his weapon and his training. My God, he was an amazing guest. And his story is phenomenal. But it, it goes to the point of recognizing risk and assessing risk and determining what makes sense. All I'm saying to people is, look, however you perceive this risk coming up in 2024, I think minimal protection of some physical gold and silver coins has got to make sense to people. And I would certainly encourage people to do this early than late. Well, see, the thing I was encouraging people on the show during the first hour is to get rid of the junk you don't need. <laughs> Stop being a hoarder. Get rid of the junk you don't need and have a garage sale. Do something. Uh, you know, you can be under accumulation, but do it smart. Don't don't. Do I have a, I like I said I, in the first part of the show, Fred? I was telling people, look, I got a problem with the markets. I don't like playing the markets. The markets is like playing with ether. Um, it's like crypto. And people think, oh, crypto is wonderful. It's like no, uh, it's not wonderful. It, it like everything else, if it can be controlled and manipulated, uh, like our currency is, this can't be good. Gold and silver, at least you have something physical in your hot little hand. And if you get rid of the junk you don't need, then you've got the money to be under accumulation and buy gold and silver so you have it in your possession. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. We talked about the underground economy in the last hour, the shadow economy, and what happens when the taxes go up, what happens when the regulation goes up. They've looked at this in Chile. They've looked at this in other countries where when they start doing this and the government starts responding this way, the shadow economy explodes and people go underground. This is what you're going to need, especially if there's a calamity. I, I get it. Uh, you know, and you get people get concerned because they begin to see that there's a fundamental flaw, but they really don't know what to do. There is a serious lack of education in the United States about how money works and how government functions. I get that. You know, a lot of people just don't understand the fact that we have a central bank and it creates money and government can spend money it doesn't have and how we print money and how that functions for the real world. You know, this is something that is a little complicated. The mechanisms of the Federal Reserve, I've been looking at it for almost 40 years. And there's still stuff I learn every day. You know, the manipulations of what goes on behind the scenes is phenomenal. And having a public having to try to understand this while they're trying to deal with their daily lives and everything being thrown at them every day, it is nearly impossible for people to grasp this. I would say the simplicity will boil down to just recognizing that basically when it comes down to value, Uh, The thing about gold and silver that is different from those cryptos is that lack of manipulation, the the lack of the ability to just simply create more at will, especially if you're working with the U.S. coins I work with that can't make more of them. The issues of these ended in 1933 when the gold coins stopped, and in 1964 was the end of the production of silver coins. That's it. The, The supply is already locked in time and fixed forever. Every future generation of Americans that will grow up beyond us for the next 50, 100, 200 years will never have more gold or silver coins in their existence than what now is available. So for those people that can stash it away, they should. There's also a tremendous amount of capital out there, you know, beyond the idea that people maybe, like you said, sell off some of the nonsense that they have if they don't have capital. There is literally trillions of dollars that the Americans have put in the last year or two into things like mutual funds. And their rationale was, they're like you, they're concerned about the stock market. They don't like the idea that companies buy their own stock and use that cheap (laughs) capital that the Fed made available and use that to borrow money to raise the value of their stock simply by purchasing volumes of their own stock on the open market, therefore making the stock price rise. Now, is that an accurate assessment of the growth of the company or does that represent real value for anybody? No, it's manipulation. All you're doing is buying your own. It's like if you owned, you know, half a dozen pieces of property on your own street and you had the wealth to keep buying every piece of property that showed up for sale and you continue to do that until there were no more properties. And then somebody gave you a whole pile of more money and then you went after all the other properties that are not yet available. You could continually raise the value of their homes. Now, is that real? No, it's manipulation. And does this come to an end? It does. And that's what creates these bubbles. And when they burst, it's ugly. So I'm a little concerned, too, about how the market has thrived because it's gotten away with it based upon this cheap money that the Fed made available, which, by the way, after we spoke last week, the Fed made its announcement. It is now curtailing its concept of raising rates. It's going basically into neutral and suggesting that the next move from the Fed, even though it may be six months from now, they're going to start lowering rates now. They're going to start reversing this process that they've instituted the past year. And this is, again, to try to help. We've moved the economy forward. We're fighting off inflation by raising rates. Now we think we may have tightened too much. We don't want to choke the economy. We want this, quote, unquote, soft landing. So we're going to start lowering rates. But if they don't do this properly, you know, that plane's going to come down. And it's going to be kind of rocky. And I don't think we should expect the Fed to pull this magic trick off without any hiccups. I think 2024 is going to be a very interesting year. Yeah, just in time for the election. They're going to lower interest rates so they can pat themselves on the back and say, see, look what we did. Uh, The whole thing is manipulated, folks. If you're a smart listener, you've been on the show a while, you know how we think. And that's a good thing we have Fred on here because, like I said, he's been in the rare U.S. gold and silver coin industry for over 39 years. 
and operates uscoincapital.com. And we're having a logistical conversation here. This is not an infomercial. This is stuff you don't hear on infomercials, folks. We're talking about the reality of things. We're not sitting there trying to hype having gold and silver coin. Most of us who are smart out there understand why you need it. Uh, Fred established this, and of course, this being uh, tis the season, we have some holiday specials out there that you are offering. If you could take a minute to explain what those are. Sure. Um, we always like to look for things that I think are what I would call holes in the market, little spots where things seem to be a little cheaper than they should be. Sometimes these things last for a week or two or a month. Um, but anyway, I like to look for things that I think are undervalued, if you will. So we put together a, a couple of little specials for the holidays one of them included uh, one of the most popular things we did all year, which was a group of the Morgan Silver Dollars before 1921. So they're referred to as pre-21. The rationale for that is that in 1904, they stopped minting silver dollars and didn't make one until 21. So there were no coins minted between 1904 and 1921. So the 21 date itself of the Morgans is actually the most common of the entire series. Over 80 million coins were minted in that one year alone. So I went ahead and looked at the pre-21 Morgans and found groups of them in incredibly high grade mint condition on a 1 to 70 scale. The higher the number, the better the quality. These are a 64 out of a possible perfect 70. By the way, a perfect 70 does not exist. I think the highest we've ever seen was a 67 or a 68. And as MS-64s, 20 coins for $2,300 or about $115 a coin. It seemed to me a great opportunity for somebody to buy a quantity of silver, just a couple bucks out of pocket, and have flexibility. You could sell all 20 coins at once or one coin at a time. Then I looked into the gold market and found a couple of the uh, groups of gold coins, particularly the $5 gold pieces that were minted with the Liberty Head. And that was between the late 1860s and early 1900s. Up to 1907, we had a Liberty Head design that was eventually changed to the Indians. But prior to that, prior to 1907, we have the Liberty Head $5 gold pieces. These are also mint condition coins. And I put together just a pair of them, two coins, $1,450 for the pair. People have been calling me. They, they just love these. I've had people reorder three or four times when they got them. They found that they were either a great way for them to invest or sometimes they even use them as gifts or help try to educate people about the idea of gold and silver coins. And then the third coin in the special was just a particularly high grade of the largest American gold coin minted, which was known as a $20 gold piece struck between 07, 1907 and 1933. I have to say now, when I say 07, I have to make sure I say 19, because this is 2023 now. So uh, 1907 to 1933, the $20 gold pieces minted were known as a St. Gaudens, referencing the artist who had designed the coin. Those are available in Mint State 66, which is an unbelievably high-quality coin, and they run around $4,100 a piece. Um, you can package these anyway. You can put them together. You can have multiples. You can do whatever you want to do. Anybody who has any questions, just give us a call at 800-878-COIN. Uh, I had somebody say I speak too quickly when it comes to the phone number. So 1-800-878-2646. And we can answer any questions you have, and we'll be glad to help people put together either groupings of these portfolios that we have for the specials or assemble something specific for people based on their goals and needs. Right, because a lot of people, this is the one thing, they like buying junk silver, they they like dealing in small absolutely. denominations because they absolutely fear that we're going to be driven into an underground economic situation that people are going to have to have the smallest common denominator in order to be able to survive. And, and yeah, we, we, to... We, we get that. We get it, folks. Yep. Um, the thing is, I want to talk about the volatility of gold and silver. Sure. Investing in, investing in this stuff is way less risk, isn't it? Well, here we are now with gold at over $2,000 an ounce. Uh, we started this year at about 1800 and change. So, you know, we've had the typical kind of growth that we get, which tends to accelerate the more money the government prints, which is what has led me the last couple of years or so to kind of, uh, you know, be a lot more upbeat about my expectations of the future. I've always looked at this as wealth protection and not to focus so much on the profits that people gain over the years, which does come with this, but I look at it as wealth protection. But the last couple of years, our concern has been growing, you know, because again, I see the rate of the problems accelerating. And I think there's an interest there that is growing amongst the public to try to do something 
uh, to provide themselves with some wealth protection. And I think this is the reason people even consider things like cryptos. You know, why is that even remotely popular? And it's because people are starting to think twice about the nature of the dollar and say, well, maybe I need an alternative. Now, I'm just not comfortable with what I'm hearing. So there is some up and down volatility on a day-to-day -day basis in the price of gold and silver because this is a worldwide market. So there is the price of gold and silver itself that trades all over the world. It goes from Europe into Asia and around to America. And as it trades, there is buying and selling. There's profit-taking. Uh, there's, there's conversations about how the mining operations are working. In other words, how much gold is being produced. There's conversations every day about the value of all the currencies around the world. Like, how's the euro doing? How is the Chinese currency doing? How's the Japanese yen looking against the U.S. dollar? And they look at all these variables and they determine, okay, based upon everything, here's where the price of gold and silver should be today. And the market trades and it moves up and down. Now, if the dollar, U.S. dollar, begins to grow in value against foreign currencies, Again, I want to separate this from saying the dollar is getting domestically stronger, that you and I are getting more from it. We're not. But as the dollar strengthens against other world currencies, gold and silver will become cheaper in U.S. dollars. And if the dollar fades, gold will become more popular. So we have this inverse relationship. The stronger the dollar gets, the difference is going to show up in the price of gold. But this is in U.S. dollar terms. So if the dollar gets weaker against foreign currencies, it makes it more palatable and cheaper to buy gold. This is why you see gold prices move up and down all the time. And a lot of it is hard to kind of figure on a short-term basis. Again, as long as I've been doing this, the more you know, the harder it gets. So I try not to pay attention too much to short-term volatility. And I look out three to five years and say, okay, you know, where are we? Where were we? So, you know, in, in 1990, when we had $3 trillion worth of debt, we had $300 gold. And then by the year 2000, we had $5 trillion in debt and we had $400 gold. And then by 2010 and 2020, and here we are now in 2023 with $33 trillion in debt and $2,000 gold. Where do you think it's going to be, let's say, five or 10 years from now, when there's $50 trillion in national bonded debt? What's that going to do to the price of gold? It naturally is going to have to climb higher. So it's going to be very beneficial for people to buy it, give it or take all any time of, you know, any kind of short term volatility that may may occur. See, that's one of the reasons why we're having this discussion, folks. You understand exactly what Fred said in this country. Right now, the current administration is going to continue with this runaway spending. They're going okay. to do it. And so, you know, here's the thing. You buy gold now. You buy silver now. And the thing is, if they go to CBDCs, God forbid the price of this stuff, gold and silver we're talking about right here, are going to go through the roof because they're going to be in huge demand because everybody is going to want it. And when demand goes up, so does the price. Fred Jusetsky, thanks so much for being with us on the show today. Great to be with you. And happy holiday season to everybody. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. I hope it's a very profitable 2024. Same to you, Fred. We appreciate that. USCoinCapital.com. Thank you. Merry Christmas to you, too, sir. Thank you for all your support here at the Power Hour. We will be back tomorrow with our Thursday edition here. In the meantime, God bless you and God bless the United States of America. Stay safe. Amen. See you tomorrow. Well, Organisms are everywhere affecting your health and well-being. Fortunately, there's a solution. Paratrex is a unique formula designed to help create an environment that's hostile to invading organisms. Made with a blend of herbs and other natural ingredients such as wormwood, which has often been used in traditional medicine as a dewormer. If unwanted organisms are affecting your health, Paratrex can help bring it all back in balance. Order today from thepowermill.com or call 877-817-9829. Are you tired of trying to figure out how to get all your fruits and vegetables into your busy lifestyle? OptiVita Complete Essentials provides you with 22 whole food vitamins and minerals, 29 fruits and vegetables, probiotics, antioxidants, and botanicals for ultimate health and nutrition. 30 individual packs, now less than $3 per day. 
Get your OctaVita Complete Essentials by calling 877-817-9829 or order online at thepowermall.com. I don't know where to start. There's so many products you guys offer. I think one of the first things I ever ordered from you guys was your clay. The clay is a miraculous. I could not do without that. And the charcoal, you know, you can get yourself in a bathtub to kind of help take the, the toxins out. So just those two alone, but I could go on to the Octavita silver lozenges. Of course, then the Oregoresp and the uh, P73, the oil of oregano, and your Vitamir toothpaste. Again, I could go on and on and on. Call Jay at theparamall.com and receive superior customer service. Call 1-877-817-9829 right now. That number again is 1-877-817-9829. Support small businesses and buy from the good guys at theparamall.com. That's theparamall.com. My husband is a welder by trade, but he grinds his welding products, and uh, he doesn't wear a helmet or a mask to do that. And he had this cruddy stuff in his lungs, and it just wasn't going away. And I heard you one time talking about the Sarah enzyme for the lungs, and uh, my goodness, I mean, he can breathe so much easier, and I don't hear that crud in his lungs. Thank you so very much. To find out more about this product, or others like it, go to our website at thepowermall.com. That's thepowermall.com. Call 877-817-9829. That number again is 877-817-9829. Jay's standing by to take your call. Now more than ever, we need your support. Buy from the good guys at thepowermall.com. That's thepowermall.com. 